Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. We are on the March 16th episode. Is that right? Yes. That's correct. We're on the March 16th episode. Nope, we are not on the March 16th episode. We are on the April 16th episode. Yeah. You know what? You're going to have to start welcoming us to the recap. (laughs) Oh. To get the date right. What? (laughs) We have to draw names. You didn't forget. I almost forgot. Nope. We get to draw names today. We have recap winners. The Bible reading plan challenge is still going on. We haven't pulled March names because Annika's life has been chaotic. She's recording in her car because actually, if we want to be specific, I'm recording in a rental car because my (laughs) plan is still in the shop. (laughs) It's a train. Her husband has been deployed, but it's over. So the train wreck, the train's coming into the station. Annika's life has been chaotic. (laughs) Our schedule has been chaotic. And now we get to draw names. We get to draw names today. All right. I'm mixing them up. Are you ready? Yes. What are we giving them? I don't know if we've done a t-shirt yet. We have not done a t-shirt. Yeah. We should do a t-shirt. Let's do a t-shirt. Okay. All right. For the t-shirt. Here we go. Rita. Oh, that makes me so happy. Yeah. Yeah. So Rita was doing live studies with us and I miss her voice in our group so much, but she was doing, I think Genesis with BSF Bible study fellowship. Oh, cool. And she's so busy. She's, she does our women's ministry for our church and she's, I think she's in like five different Bible studies. Yeah. I love her too, but she's doing a Bible reading plan with us still, which makes me really happy. And every so often we get a good, um, a good nugget from her on the network. Yay, Rita. All right. So we are in Leviticus. We're starting in 14, 14 through 20 of Leviticus. Okay. So Leviticus 14 through 20. If you are not reading Leviticus with Christ in mind, you're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. The entire point of reading Leviticus really for all of us believers would be to see all of what what Jesus did for us. What he covers. Yeah. We've talked about how he fills all of these roles. Like he is uh, the lamb Mm -hmm. of God. He is, you know, we're going to see the scapegoat in this Mm -hmm. section and all that they had to do. You know, I was thinking as we were reading Leviticus this week, I was like, Oh, no wonder the priests were like, the priests must've been like, please do not come to me and ask me to be cleansed. The work that they had to do for if a leper came and said that I've been made clean, mm-hmm. if I were a fleshly priest who didn't really want to do my job, which was really mm-hmm. a lot of them at that time. I'd oh be like, yeah. No, sorry. I still see some stuff on you. You can't like, yeah. I mean, because I do not want to have to come check your house every two days. I do not want to have to. Or yeah, every seven the days. fungus in the house and yeah, yeah, so much, so much. Yeah. But and even practically speaking, like this is probably a little bit dumb, but these are 
pages and pages and pages of rules and guidelines. And if this, then this, if this, then this, they couldn't just like type it out or jot it down. Or this was even getting it down to be able to remember it and access it was not an easy task. No, everything about it was work and complicated. Which points to Jesus. Our Jesus wanted to do, if you were a priest who would want, and you, and you get it by birth. It's not like you ask to be a priest. It's just like, okay, this is what you are now. And so you have to learn all of these things. And this is your Mm -hmm. job to go check the house and condemn it and burn it. And all of these things that you had to do, that was like all on you as the priest to do that. Now that was your only job. Your only job was to do right. that. have to hunt for food and you didn't have to right. cook, find your food. You were taken care of in other ways. Yeah. You were taken care of in, a, in all of the ways, except yeah. this, this, this was the one thing like you have one job to do, <laughs> Right. <laughs> but the job is hard. And that's part of what's beautiful about Jesus is that he When a leper says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's significant that Jesus is like, I am willing to be in, to be in the presence of a leper was itself horrifying to a priest. Mm -hmm. But Jesus is like, not only can I make you clean, but when he says, go show yourself to the priest and he comes back to thank him, like, that's what he's doing. He's showing himself to the the highest priest, you know, when Mm. anyway, all of that to say, like I said, we there, Jesus is all over Leviticus. If if you know yeah. the Gospels, you'll see him everywhere. But even just simply in the symbolism, like in the prayer, mm-hmm. in the sacrifices, like he is all of these things. It's mm-hmm. crazy, right? Not just the priest does it all. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. He's the priest and the sacrifice, <laughs> and the yeah. presence and the temple. <laughs> and yes, yeah. Hey, hey, we have a new announcement for you. Our study of Abraham is wrapping up at the end of this month in April, and very soon we'll be releasing a new topical study. We'll take a break from inductive study in the month of May, and we'll be meeting together for one day on May 18th to discuss our takeaways from the new study on parenting. Join us on the network as we explore God's provision and grace in parenting. Then, in June, our dive into the book of Genesis will continue as we explore the life of Jacob through the lens of Christ. So head on over to the network to come and see. So one of the things I found interesting, we've seen it multiple times throughout Leviticus when God says, you be holy because I am holy. And the reason his people have to be holy is because now he's dwelling with them. Like Mm -hmm. they are required to be holy because God's presence is with them. That's why they're set apart. That's why they're different from all these nations around them because they have the presence of the living God in their midst in this tabernacle that he's built. And so just thinking about the fact that, well, and even combining that with the gospel, that we are called to be holy because we are the temple, like he dwells in us. Speaking of mind breaking, we see Jesus in all of this. I don't like to go here because I fall so far short, but that's, it's, we see us and we are the priests, right? We are the sacrifice. We are the temple mind bending. Yeah. I mean, that's where, we, where were you're headed with this is that like, that's, we are the temple. Like we are, we called, are the temple. Yeah. Yeah. And yet the only way, just like back here, the only way these people were able to be holy 
was by the blood of the sacrifices that they brought that Mm -hmm. made atonement for them and covered their sin. And it's the same for us. We are holy because of the blood of Christ that has made atonement for us. Mm -hmm. Being saved is by faith. Mm -hmm. The moment that we believe we are saved. The presence of God is what requires holiness. And it's also what enables holiness. Mm -hmm. And it's what continually atones for our lack of holiness. Mm-hmm. 18 was my, um, so when I, mm. I, I almost died of liver failure that I had when I actually thought I was going to die before anybody came and found me on my garage floor. <laughs> like I was in so much pain and for whatever reason, my cries, I like was just literally crying out to God. It was like, you are my rock. You are my refuge. You are my hiding mm-hmm. place. You are my rock. You are my refuge. Like I just kept saying that over and over again. Cause I was like, I don't know why, like, that's not something that I would normally mm-hmm. call out to God. I had been given a gift like the day before or two days before this whole thing happened. It came out of the blue and it was unexplainable. I had been given a gift and I put it in my purse, but I hadn't looked at it a couple days before this whole thing happened, then I almost die. And when I'm almost dying, this is, these are the words that come out of my mouth. This is like, when I go to pray to God, for whatever reason, like you are my rock, you are my refuge, you're my strong tower. Like all of these, these are the words that I chose to say. So anyway, when Hannah came out of, when we found out that Hannah was going to live and she didn't have cancer, there was a Psalm that God gave me, which I can't remember which one it is at this point, but, um, it was so perfectly like mm-hmm. what I was feeling in praise for, to God for saving her life. So after I survived liver failure, when I came out of the hospital, I was looking for a Psalm like to, that I could use to like praise God for what he had done. And I opened immediately and straight to Psalm 18, which opens, I love you. O Lord, my strength, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold. I call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised and I'm saved from my enemies. The cords of death encompassed me. The torrents of destruction assailed me. The cords of Sheol entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord to my God. I cried for help for his temple. He heard my voice and I cried to him, reached his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked and the foundations also the mountains trembled and quaked. And it goes on to say, what the earth was like. And then it says, he sent from on high. He took me, he drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy and from those who hated me for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. 31 for who is God, but the Lord and who is a rock except our God and who equipped me with strength and made my way blameless. And it just talks about like hiding in that it talks about him being a rock and him being a fortress and, and the one that you hide in. And, um, I mean, it just washed over me as I read that Psalm. I was like, Oh my gosh, this is all, this is exactly who you were to me. I cried out for you as if you were my rock and my strong tower and my fortress. And, and this is what you give me as my soul. Like, this is what you give me as my Psalm. Anyway. So I was cleaning out my purse somewhere around that time, either right before or right after I, I read that Psalm we were off Island. We had been traveling. And so I was moving things around and I came across the gift that my friend Amy Lynn had given me. And I opened up the box and it was a necklace that was literally a rock with a little piece of glass 
hidden inside of it. Like it was a hollowed out rock and Mm -hmm. a piece of glass was inside that rock. Have you ever seen a necklace that looks like that before? I've never even seen it. It was not like it was the fashion or anything. Like it makes zero sense. I mean, there's no other explanation from it, except that that was like a whole God thing, right? That I hadn't opened it before the event that I did, that I opened it right when I read that Psalm, that that happened to be the words that I was praying when I went, when I thought I was Mm -hmm. done. Just ah, crazy. It's so crazy. It is crazy. Anyway. So Psalm, we read Psalm 23 this week and Psalm 23 for me my mom passed away from cancer a few years ago and I had gone up to help a couple of times care for her. And one of the last times I went up there before she passed away, she had recently had tests and we went to the doctor. I got to go to the doctor with them to get the results. And that's when we found out it had spread to her liver, which was like the, that's not a good thing. Like that was that was the positive all along was that there was nothing on her liver yet. And when we went to that appointment, it had spread there, which was basically, that was kind of like, okay, this is the end kind of mm. information. And I remember watching my mom in that hospital room, like the doctor left and she just started quoting Psalm 23, which has never, I mean, it's such a common Psalm. No, it's, like it's different when it comes to But life. it had never felt personal to me until then. And so now I can't read it without thinking of that moment. I never thought the, the shepherd's crook, verse four, what does the ESV say in verse four? Your staff, your rod and, they, and your staff, they comfort me, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this says your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel secure. And I was thinking about it. A shepherd's that that's what they use to pull the sheep out when they fall into like a crack. You know what I mean? And I just hadn't ever thought of it. Isn't it also what they would use to beat off other animals too? Yeah. 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 Yep. And I just love that picture in this translation of it. Kind of like 18, the verses that some of the verses that you read starting in verse 16, This translation says, but me, he caught, reached all the way from the sky to the sea and pulled me out of the ocean of hate. So just that picture of God, like reaching down and scooping us up like a father, like he is, or a shepherd or a, the Psalms are so full of, well, and that's the thing, David, most of these were written. It's, it's worship either because he's terrified or because God has just rescued him or because that's what they're for, you know? Yes. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. This is probably our best recording of any of the Psalms because this is, that's exactly what you're saying. Like we're talking about how God made these so personal to us at a very applicable time, which is exactly what they were intended to be. Mm -hmm. Yep. They're not like we were talking about Proverbs. You can't just read four, seven chapters of Proverbs and feel like you've, and you've so done it appropriately. Like that's not right. how you, that's not how you read Proverbs. Right. And Psalms is the kind of, it's the same thing. You don't read Psalms mm-hmm. to read seven chapters just to read them. Like they're supposed to be used in this way. You're supposed to look for the Psalm of lament during a time of lament. And you're supposed mm-hmm. to be using a Psalm of praise during a time of praise. Yeah. They're intended yeah. to be used when we don't have words, like when we're not, if yeah. you're not a poet, David's like, I did this for you. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's all written yeah. here for you. Use my words. Yeah. 
Oh, that just makes my heart happy. I feel like that was, yeah, that makes my heart so happy. Should we do Proverbs? Oh, okay. One more thing from Psalms that made me think of, I can't remember if this is a conversation that we had in um, the recap or in a Genesis study podcast. Just last week, right? Possibly in 20, Psalm 25. Yes. Okay. So in verse 14 of Psalm mm-hmm. 25, one of the lines says, well, it says God friendship is for God worshipers. They are the one ones he confides in. Mm-hmm. And we talked about God confiding in reference to Abraham. We have these examples of people in scripture who God reveals himself to and tells them what his plan is for humanity. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, that's what immediately what I thought of was Abraham and Moses and these people who, and David also experienced that. I think I tend to not think I can ask God for more. You know what I mean? And this is one of those situations where it's like, God desires for us to ask him, like, I want to be friends with you to the point where you feel like you can confide in me things that you're going to do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or insight into the things that you are doing. It's just not the kind of thing that I would normally ask for. Yeah. But it's neat to see it in the word and go that it, like I remember actually the day that um uh it was a turning point in a really really sucky season. And reading about Moses, God talking to Moses like a man speaks to his friend and I was like mm-hmm. like asked for that. You know, I was like I want mm-hmm. I want that, Lord. Like I want to hear you like and that was literally the day where he gave me a whole passage And then he spoke to me in a way that was so clear. And it was like, yeah, you know what I mean? And I don't, I don't think I even put those two things together until me, even within the last few months, did I recognize it, that I had asked for that moments, you know, minutes before a time where I say, I often say, I heard the voice of God so clearly Mm -hmm. say, la, 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 la. So anyway, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I hear, I see that. And I'm like, God desires that for us. Like mm-hmm. He desires to have that kind of friendship with us where he says, should I tell Aaron about this thing that I'm going to do? Yeah, I have that relationship with him where I'll listen, mm-hmm. I'll hear it, and I'll know it for what it is, which is being a confidant of God. Yeah. What? Yes. Crazy. That's right. I just remembered the specific. It was Abraham and Lot and Sodom and Gomorrah when God was like, should I tell Abraham about this? Yeah, yeah. I should. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. Proverbs. Yes. 28 Proverbs 28 through Ecclesiastes three. Oh, fantastic. We get to cover Proverbs 31. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody ever you, read I, Proverbs 31 before hear of it? Yeah. Proverbs 31. It's just this little section. Some people talk about a lot. <laughs> this was a good Eugene Peterson translation. Proverbs 29, 25. I'm curious about how the ESV translates it, but it says the fear of human opinion disables trusting God protects you from that. Hmm. I was like, well, that is true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just yeah. thinking about how accurate that is. <laughs> the fear of man lays a snare but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Yeah. Yeah. 
That makes me think of literally the passage I was just talking about where God like gave me a word right after I asked if he could speak to me, like a, a man speaks to his friend. The word that I heard him say, he was speaking a word of affirmation over me um, about just how he sees me. And then that um, the next lines in Jeremiah from the, from that long passage that were all mm. words directly for me was if you will extract the precious from the worthless, I will make you my spokesman is what it said. And this line makes me think of that. Cause what I knew God was saying in that verse was if you will extract the precious, if you'll extract my thoughts about you from everybody else's thoughts about you, then I'll make you my spokesman. And so that's what this makes me think of. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Mm. And that's the idea. If we can walk, if we can walk around in our identity, God's mm-hmm. thoughts toward us are, are our true identity. And God's thoughts toward us are that we are like beloved. We are so mm-hmm. loved by the God of the universe. And if we can, if we walk around in that identity and in that awareness, we are safe. Nothing else matters. Extract the precious, yeah. precious from the worthless and you're good to go. Yeah. I love that. I really loved Psalm 30. Three things are too wonderful me mm-hmm. or I do not understand. And I, it was interesting just the way that he lays it out because it's like the mm-hmm. first three are the things that are too wonderful for him. And the fourth is what he doesn't understand the way of an eagle in the sky. And we have so many bald eagles here. Mm. It's, I mean, every day you see them soar. It doesn't matter how many times I see them. It's, it's like another bald eagle, you know, or even a hawk we see flying. We're like, this yeah. Is amazing. So yeah, the way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas. And then the one that he doesn't understand the way of a man with a virgin. <laughs> oh, okay. So this is funny. I read this section. I laughed out loud when I read this and my boys were on the couch beside (laughs) me because this is Eugene Peterson's translation. Three things amaze me. No, four things I'll never understand. How an eagle flies so high in the sky, how a snake glides over a rock, how a ship navigates the ocean, why adolescents act the way they do. I literally (laughs) laughed out loud and was like, you guys, it's in the Bible. You're crazy. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Okay. Um, Then Proverbs 31, just a quick reminder for those of you who don't know, Proverbs 31 often gets interpreted as what it means to be a godly woman. Usually if you hear this spoken about, they talk about how this woman probably had many maidservants and like she did, like she ran a household, but she had help. She didn't do it all together. Anyway. Yeah. I think the key takeaway from that whole section, I think even remembering it's poetry and you know what I mean? Uh, it's literature. Um, but at the end, the woman who is to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. That's kind of the wrap up of all of it. So, yeah, I think actually what's so beautiful about this at all is the fact that there is an entire chapter dedicated to the dignity Mm. and wonder of what value. Yeah. Yes. Because in that culture, Israel was set apart and part of what set them apart was the way that their God set it up for them to value women more. So at least Mm -hmm. than the ones in surrounding pagan cultures. And even if they didn't fully live into Mm -hmm. it, it's wonderful when you see 
a passage like this is incredibly beautiful mm -hmm. because it just reminds us that God values women. Mm -hmm. Well, and if you think of, if you take that thread through the rest of Proverbs too, anytime it talks about wisdom, it talks about a woman. I mean, there's mm -hmm. also the harlot, but yes. wisdom is portrayed as a woman throughout the book of Proverbs too. So even that is kind of supporting what we're just saying. Right. And here it's basically saying a wise woman is like, it's a ruby. It's more valuable than anything. And then we come into Ecclesiastes. I know this is your wheelhouse. I know it was all I could do not to go get my other Bible because I have a lot of notes in my other Bible in Ecclesiastes. And I have quotes from that book that I read. Shoot. Mm -hmm. What is the name of that book? Living Life Backwards. Yes. Thank you. And I was like, oh, I really want to go back and look at all of that stuff while I read it. And I didn't. We only read the first three chapters, but in chapter three, I was like, well, there it is. Like, that's kind of the sum up, at least up until this point. The first three chapters of Ecclesiastes are not, they're kind of downers. He basically is saying everything's worthless. Like, there is no point. I worked really hard and realized there was no point. I decided to just enjoy my life and live it up and realized that wasn't fulfilling either. Like, pretty much everything is smoke. It's all going to pass away. And why bother? Like that's kind of the gist of the first couple pet chapters of Ecclesiastes. But then in chapter three, starting in probably verse 12 or so, it says, I've decided there's nothing better to do than go ahead and have a good time and get the most we can out of life. That's it. Eat, drink, and make the most of your job. It's God's gift. Mm. I mean, that's kind of saying something big. But then he says, I've also concluded that whatever God does, that's the way it's going to be always. No addition, no subtraction. God's done it and that's it. That's so we'll quit asking questions and simply worship in holy fear. Mm. And I kind of feel like, like Ecclesiastes is exploring all of these, like all of these deep kind of sometimes dark questions that we have about life and what's the point. And how do we live it best? Do we just enjoy everything? Do we work really hard? What's the, what's the best way to do it? And he basically, he says, one, we can't ever fully wrap our heads around it because this is a God thing. God's doing it and we're not going to completely fully understand it. So the answer to that is to simply worship. Yes. And when you pull that thread and think about it, I guess, in light of other things we know about God's character and his word, what he says before that, eat, drink, and make the most of your job. It's God's gift. Yes. So then my thoughts hop to Jesus in the New Testament and how he says the two greatest commandments are love God and love others. When you're loving God, loving others, you're worshiping. And then when you're doing that, all these are the things that Shelby we're able to you. recognize these things as gifts, right? Like these, the pleasures that he's given us, the work that he's given us to do, the people. That's so good, Annika. I mean, this is Solomon. He's the wisest man and he's asking God these really hard things. So I think that's another aspect too, the idea that, I think actually you said this sort of like in our Monday meeting the other night, actually in the prayer at the end. God has, he can handle our questions. Like he can handle our frustration. He can handle, he can handle our anger when we aren't 
we don't understand what he's doing or how he's working and we're not even that happy about it, he can handle all of that as long as we're still directing all of that to him. Like mm-hmm. this, this makes me think of the way you've described lament before. Mm-hmm. Solomon's asking all these really hard, dark questions, mm-hmm. but he's still oriented towards God. And he still recognizes that in the end, he doesn't have to have all of the answers. He mm-hmm. can simply worship. Yeah. And, well, and as you've said, it's the mystery that calls us to worship, right? Right. Like, because if we understood everything, he wouldn't be worthy of our worship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Mic drop. That's so good. That is so good. Honestly, I feel like it's, um, we're actually, we're, we're taking the kids on a ski trip this weekend. And I feel oh, like that's, it almost feels like a blessing on our way to be like, go enjoy, like he's enjoy doing all of this. Yes. yes. Like you're yep. not being irresponsible. You're taking time no. with your family with the things that you've been given to go. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's the recap. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the recap. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth Bible studies where we model our version of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org and we will see you next week.